If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Matthew 28. We're going to look there. You know, there are some events in life that are bigger than we are fully able to comprehend. I mean, we understand them, right? But, but our understanding of the event continues to grow and enlarge. And no matter what we do, some of life's events escape adequate celebration. For example, Amy and I were foster parents back in Illinois, and we, we got this little boy, Gage, when he was four days old. His mom had been in prison, and, and so we, we took him in as a foster child and raised him, and, and after a year and a half, finally we're able to adopt him. And we finalized the adoption, and we had this huge celebration at home. We invited all of our family and, and friends and folks from church and, and just everybody came to celebrate with us that Gage is now a forever part of our family. But you know, I don't know if that adequately celebrated how we felt to have Gage as a part of our forever family. Just having this party with some cake. Th- that's how it is with 50th wedding anniversaries, isn't it? There's no way to truly celebrate the love and the commitment and the history that's involved and wrapped up in that kind of a marriage and and that kind of relationship that has endured the test of time. It's how we celebrate the birthdays of all of our kids, right? I mean, we celebrate their birthday every year and we have cake and, and presents and balloons and yet somehow that celebration falls short of how much we truly love them. And if we're honest, it's the same with Easter. I mean, Easter is just too big for us to adequately celebrate. No matter what is specifically planned, no one service for worship can fully capture the meaning and the symbolism of this resurrection event. And no matter how many times we've gathered for this big event, no matter how often we sing the songs of Jesus' resurrection and, and listen to the gospel story, There's always that possibility we'll experience some disappointment when it's over. One year after a worship experience, a a member of our church was leaving the sanctuary through the door I was shaking hands at. And and he said, you know, Pastor, it just didn't happen for me this year. And you know, if we're honest, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we leave worship or even Easter Sunday morning, and we feel a bit disappointed. And could it be that we leave disappointed because we come looking for Christ with the wrong attitudes and the wrong purpose? Maybe, maybe some have come to church because you came to be entertained rather than to worship. Or maybe you came today because you, you were forced to come. But if you're disappointed with Easter, it could be the first sign that you're beginning to hear God. You're under His Spirit's conviction. Because if Christ is not found in the new clothes and the hymns and the anthems and the flowers, then then where is He? Well, I believe He's where He's always wanted to be. In you. Around you. Through you. Christ wants to live through your hands and through your feet, through your life, so that 
You are real and you can be the most wonderful, beautiful person that God intended for you to be. But I have to tell you that if you came ever to an Easter service or a worship service and you felt disappointed, know you're not alone. And understand that you weren't the first. And our scripture, Mary Magdalene, first arrives at the scene and she is still hurting from this tragedy of seeing her Lord hung on a cross. And to make matters worse, she's afraid now because as she's gotten to the tomb, the stone is rolled away, the body is gone, and she thought, somebody stole it. Further trying to humiliate Jesus. But then in the midst of her biggest disappointment, an angel of the Lord appears and tells her, Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. And not only is He alive, He's, he's on His way to Galilee. He's already begun meeting His disciples in their own backyard. And the good news for us is He is willing to meet us in our backyards today. Maybe our disappointment might just be His appointment to transfer our existence, to transform our existence. So this morning, let me just share with you a few reasons why the message of Easter is truly marvelous. At first, the Easter message reveals that we no longer have to be paralyzed by fear. We don't have to be paralyzed by fear I think we need to hear that today more than ever, don't we? With what's going on in our world right now. We don't need to be paralyzed by fear. Let's, let's look at this scripture. Matthew 28, starting with verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. You know, as I was reading that scripture, I, a thought occurred to me that there is a striking parallel between the resurrection and, and his birth. Between Christmas and Easter. On the night that Jesus was born, there were a group of shepherds. They were just lounging around their campfire. The night was dark, and then suddenly they were overwhelmed by this brilliant light, and an angel of the Lord appeared. And in those descriptive words in the New Testament, they 
were afraid. They, they weren't accustomed to seeing angels. It was the last thing they expected to happen that night. And as they huddled together around that fire, the angel told them, Do not be afraid. And here on the Easter morning, Mary and her friends were huddled together outside of the tomb and an angel appears to them and like the shepherds, they were terrified. But the angel's message was the same. Do not be afraid. There's nothing to fear. You're looking for Jesus. He's not here. He has risen. Just like He said. So if you're responding to the power of the resurrection in your life, you don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be a victim of Good Friday when we can enjoy the victory of the Easter message. Second, the Easter message teaches us as a faith community, as the body of Christ, that God alone can transform the awful reality into awesome opportunities. There's a story I read about a kindergarten teacher at a Christian school. She was determining how much religious training her new students have had in their life. And she was talking to one little boy to whom the story of Jesus was obviously brand new. And she began to relate the story of Jesus' death on the cross. And when she asked him what a cross was, the student didn't know. And so the teacher picked up some sticks and she fashioned them into a crude cross. And she began to explain how Jesus was actually nailed to this cross and he died. And with downcast eyes, this little boy quietly acknowledged. He said, oh, oh, that's too bad. But then her response, the teacher related how three days later Jesus rose again and he came back to life. And that little boy's eyes got as big as saucers and he lit up and he said, Oh, that's totally awesome. You know, I've had years of theological training, but I've got to tell you that is one of the greatest definitions of Easter I've ever heard. It's totally awesome. You see, since that first Easter morning. Satan can make an awful lot of noise. But only Jesus has the awesome power. You know, psychologists will tell us that the most immobilizing emotion is the fear of death. And the great enemy that was spoken about in the Old Testament, he's been conquered. He's been defeated by Jesus. There's an old Easter hymn that says, The Day of Resurrection... Earth tells it out abroad. The Passover of gladness, the Passover of God. From death to life eternal, from earth unto the sky, our Christ has brought us over with hymns of victory. Jesus can always transform our fear into faith. There's no need to be afraid of death because Jesus, <laughs> He's conquered it. He conquered death and He is our passport to heaven. In the tradition of the ancient Russian Orthodox Church, the day after Easter is devoted to telling jokes. Priests would join the people and they would unveil their best jokes for one another. Quite an unusual tradition of imitating the cosmic joke that God pulled on Satan at the resurrection. 
Because Friday, Satan thought he had won. Jesus had died on the cross, buried in the tomb. But God has the last laugh on Sunday morning. That's such an awesome, marvelous perspective to have in life. Third, Easter makes a marvelous difference. Because it declares God's truth always has the last move. Not Satan's lies. Uh, let me share with you a story from H. Uh, Stephen Shoemaker. Remember the secular prophets of the modern age? Freud and Marx, and they prophesied that man come of age had outgrown religion. But they're gone. And so is the modern age with its contempt for religion. And yet religion flourishes still. Chinese communism was determined to stamp out Christianity and all notions of God, but the gospel grew in the underground house churches and kept the faith going until today. There's this new springtime of faith in China. Eastern Europe suffered under communist oppression and suppression of religion for 40 years. But now that wilderness experience has ended and a wall in Berlin has come down and God's truth is not stopped or defeated. That truth is also reflected in a meditation by Donald Tippett. He said, if Easter means anything to modern man, it means eternal truth is eternal. You may nail it to a tree. You may wrap it up in grave clothes and seal it in a tomb. But truth crushed to earth will rise again. Truth does not perish. It cannot be destroyed. It may be distorted. It may have been silenced temporarily. It, it's been compelled to carry its own cross to Calvary. But with inevitable certainty, after every Black Friday, dawns truth's Easter morning. God wins. Jesus wins. One of the greatest upsets in, in sports history was the 1969 Super Bowl. The New York Jets of the upstart American Football League were scheduled to play the mighty Baltimore Colts. And every newspaper and columnist across the nation uh, picked the Colts to kick the wings off the Jets. But Joe Namath, Quarterback for the Jets predicted a victory. And John Dockery was a member of that Jets team and he shared this account. He said, it was late in the third quarter and I looked up at the scoreboard and this message flashed through my mind and it said, we are going to win. Easter shares with us as the church that same message. We're going to win. In fact, we already have won. Through Jesus. Jesus won. Satan lost. And that's the reason that we can shout and we can sing and we can celebrate today. Easter morning reveals God's truth will always win in the battle against evil. And so the important question really this morning that only you can answer is, does it live in you? That's why Mary can now run to Jerusalem with the good news of God's victory made known in the resurrection of Jesus. It lived in her. Does it live in you? This is the truth that puts steel in our spine and power in our footsteps. 
And finally, the Easter message is marvelous because it is the key to living each day to the fullest. How often do we forget this side of the Easter story? A number of years ago, there was a story in the newspaper and it told about a young man who picked up this beautiful rock from a North Carolina stream bed and he used it at his cabin's door as a doorstop. A little while later, a skilled geologist was hiking in the area and stopped at the cabin for a glass of water and he immediately recognized the rock as a lump of gold. In fact, it proved to be the largest nugget of gold ever found east of the Rocky Mountains. See, like the man that failed to recognize gold when he held it in his hands, the disciples failed to recognize the true nature of Jesus after spending three full years with him. But Jesus holds the key to life. He holds life and death, heaven and hell, abundant life, authentic life. He holds it all right in the palm of his hands. And that's the most important truth that God has made known to us. There's a a play called Closed Because of Death. And in this play, history is ending. Everybody died. The earth is barren. And in the very last act, the scene shifts up to heaven and you see God depicted sitting there with a baby on his lap, staring off into the horizon. And two angels fly by and one angel said to the other, he's not going to start over again, is he? Doesn't God ever learn? And the second angel says, you know, that's the difference between God and us. God always sees a chance to start all over again. See, we may know, we may not know what is beyond the grave. But we do know who is beyond the grave. You can know it too. The next time you're facing an awful reality in your life, when there's nothing but fear, remember the marvelous difference Easter can make. Remember how you can be grasped by the awesome power of the resurrection and its truth. God God freed us from this fear. We're not victims of life. We're victors in life. And it's all because Jesus holds the key. God always sees a chance to start over again. And that, I believe, is the marvelous message of Easter. Pray with me. God, we thank you. We thank you for Easter. We thank you for the salvation that only comes because of Easter through the resurrection of Jesus. And we know that it's through His resurrection that that we don't have to be afraid because victory is already yours. So Lord, help us. Help us to take this truth. Let it transform our lives. Let it transform our community. The resurrection of Jesus gives us the confidence to know that you have the final word, that you are in control. So give us the power to live this life to the fullest for your kingdom, to share your love with those who need it most. May we not take Easter for granted. 
But Lord, may it change us. Not just today, but every day. May it change us until you return. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.